are trying something a little different here tonight. Um, we, one of the things I'm very passionate about is raising up, like identifying and raising up people in their giftings and releasing them to go and serve in those giftings. And one of the things that people are gifted about or they have giftedness in, in our fellowship is they have gifted, uh, giftedness in teaching and preaching and communicating. And so one of the things we've been doing over the last season or so of our time is uh, uh, helping uh, our good friend Josh Celestin here, who uh, we've identified to have a good communication gifting and teaching gifting and preaching gifting. We've been trying to find some channels for him to do some speaking and some other things. You may have noticed him uh, on Highlights. Uh, so that was intentional. We've been trying to give him spots to get on stage and communicate and all that stuff. And so today is the next step in his progress. We're uh, getting him ready to become a stage communicator. And so we're going to team teach tonight uh, out of Hebrews 5 uh, as a way to help Josh uh, uh, have some training wheels and a communication moment. You can imagine standing up here in the brightness of Lulu's diamond bling. Uh, it's just a little, little scary, uh, but Josh is ready for it, and I'm up here to kind of uh, work with Josh. This will feel like kind of a podcast dialogue. Is that pretty fair? That's fair. Okay, and so we're going to together teach through uh, the book of Hebrews here. Uh, this is a message Josh has been crafting and working on over the last month or so. Uh, and so the preaching is going to come from his heart, and I'm going to be up here to help uh, help Josh just as a dialogue partner uh, as we walk through this. And so you guys up for a little bit of a teaching experiment tonight? You guys be ready to be willing participants? Okay, cool. So if you need to encourage, if you need to clap, if you need to say amen, how do you say, como se dice amen en español? Amen. Amen. It's not amen. It's amen. amen. Okay, in Portuguese? Okay, cool. Amen. Amen. A-M-A-I-N. Amen. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so yeah, however you got a feedback, if you need to be like, man, that was a good point, yo, or right, if you're not uh, so much of that vernacular and you're just like, a oh, very good, uh, uh, tally, tally forward or whatever you say, right? Uh, whatever you got to say, just give us some feedback. Uh, Josh has got a good word for us. And so to set all this up, I'm going to sit down and let you talk. Josh, give us some feedback. We know you as Highlight Josh. Yeah. We highlight know you at, by your Instagram handle, V-I-I Joshua. Ooh. We know you uh, as the guy who raps, uh, so give us a background on who you are and how you got here. Yes, um, another form of way that you can uh, show your appreciation. We can hear the yes, if you make a good point, yes. Can we yes. try that? Hold on, let's try that on three. One, two, three. Yes, okay, the head nod yeah. too. Um, but yes, like Doug said, my name is Joshua. Um, I've been down in Florida for about a year and a half now. And funny story, when I first came to table, Drew, where's Drew? Drew actually was one of the first people that greeted me. And I remember I'm walking in. He's just like, hey, like you're new and everything. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, yeah, cool. We saved your seat. I'm like, cool. So I'm walking over to my seat, minding my own business. And like, you know when you feel somebody behind you? Like, I felt somebody behind me. And he's just like, yeah, we saved your seat. So like, I turn around, I go to sit, and like Drew's sitting like right next to me. And I'm just like, okay, you save we a seat, not me a seat, right? But nonetheless, ever since then, I've been serving. I've been... Um, attending table. Uh, I am from, like many of you here, I'm not, I was not born here originally. I'm actually from Connecticut, right, uh, where it's cold just like this every day. So y'all woke up to the cold and was like, ah. I woke up and I was just like, okay, Tuesday, <laughs> right? It's just like, you know. So um, yes, my parents are Haitian. I have two sisters. I say my parents are Haitian just so you understand that I come from a strict upbringing, okay? I got beat a lot. Um, <laughs> And uh, nonetheless, graduated high school, went straight into the automotive, automotive industry, uh, was selling cars, did that for a little bit, 
and uh, I was doing well at that, winded up getting a promotion, figured like, I don't really like what I'm doing, um, but I was offered a promotion and I was just like, okay, I'm gonna do the logical thing. I took the promotion and um, more money, and, <laughs> and uh, about a year or so later, left, because I was just like, you know what? Passion over money. Uh, did, did freelance, um, freelance video for about a year, so I was back and forth within New York City, going back and forth, and then after that, there was an opportunity for me to come out to Orlando, and now I am here. And you maybe sold some uh, rap records. I don't know how the music industry works. Yes. Like, but you, you like, uh, you rapped. I, I Is that rap the right way to put it? I'm old. How do we say this? I, I rhyme words loudly. That's what I like to tell people, okay? Okay? I rap a little bit, yes. Got you. We can find you on Spotify, Apple Music. Okay, cool. Uh, well, hey, so that's you. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray uh, and get us going, and then Josh is going to open us uh, uh, to set the context for us. So let me pray for us. Jesus, as Josh and I get ready to open your word and to teach from it, Lord, would you bless our giftings? Would you use this giftings not to draw attention to us, but, Lord, to bless our family here? And, Lord, would you please raise up more and more people, men and women, who are gifted uh, in uh, apostolic giftings and prophetic giftings and evangelism giftings uh, and shepherding giftings and teaching giftings and use them to strengthen and encourage our body for your glory, for our good, for the good of the city that we love called Orlando. It's in your name we pray. Amen. All right, Josh, so set the context for us here. All right. So, um, so I'm going to tell you a little story before I tell you the story. If I look down at my notes a little bit too much, my your business. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nonetheless, so a couple months ago, well, two months ago, I had a chance to go back to Connecticut. Um, and I got to go to an event that most of us either love going to or would dread going to, right? My 10-year high school reunion, okay? Okay? Got a picture right there. Yeah, look at that fly guy. Mm-hmm. That's me. Um, nonetheless, uh, so I did what any wise person would do. I booked my flight. Once I knew I was going, I booked my flight. And then I didn't get travel insurance. And then I went to my boss and said, I need these days off. <laughs> right? Um, that way it's just like, I'm sorry, I can't do nothing for you. Um, so I did that and then got back home. And then it's like, okay, we're seeing everybody. We're meeting, seeing people I haven't seen in years. This is cool. It's like, hey, like, let's get up. Let, let's hang. Let's chill. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm a type of person where it's just like, I don't know about y'all, I need Google Maps everywhere I go. I don't know where I'm going, 434, 132, 536. I don't know the routes. I just put it into the GPS and like I go there. So like I'm back home and I'm just like, you know what? Let me go ahead and like pop this address into the GPS just to kind of see where I'm going. And for some reason, it's just not working. It's, it's not configuring. Um, and then I realized it's just like, it's not realizing my starting point. So it's like, it can't build my route. So like after a ton of frustration, I'm just like, okay, the GPS had one job, <laughs> right? Get me from my starting location to my end location, right? And I would venture to say that in life, many of us are not getting where we want to go because we don't know where we're starting from. Say, say it one more time. There we go. Say it one more time, Josh. <laughs> say that one more time for this side. Many of us are not getting where we're trying to go because we don't know where we're starting from, right? 
So it's like I ran into all of these cool people from back home, and it's just like, it's like you leave high school, right, and you have all of these dreams and aspirations. You're going to be this. You're going to be this. I can't wait to get to 10-year reunion because I'm about to stunt, right? That's how it is. I know for y'all, that's how it is for us. But you get there, and it's just like you, you see all of these people, and it's just like, mm, like, we felt like, I felt like the room was just kind of like disillusioned, right? We felt like uh, we thought we were trying to get here, but like we didn't necessarily really get there. Um, and, it, and I would venture to say it maybe it was because we were not aware, we were not as aware as we thought of our strengths, our weaknesses, our limitations. Um, I would venture to say that that is what kept us not to the destination uh, that we were trying to get. And I feel like some of us may have, so how does this apply to us? I feel like some of us may have a strong vision for who we want to be as a Christian, right? We want to, um, we want to do all of these good works, but we don't want to be saved first, right? We want our life to be meaningful without submitting, right? We want the meat before the milk, right? So it's just like, it's this process, and it's just like some of us, so, I'm going to read straight from my nose. So I said, <laughs> some of us have a strong vision of what could be for us as a Christian, but we'll never make it without a sober understanding of where we are on our journey today. Mm, that's good, buddy. That's good. Hey, let me say something on that, because that's a really good note. Um, you may be feeling that way in the room. You may feel a little bit disillusioned, or maybe it's not you, but it's a friend you know, right? Uh, that's how it always is, where you just go, hey, I'm kind of disoriented in life. It's a new season. The old season will work there. It doesn't work in this present season. I just feel disillusioned. Maybe for you, that's in the area of relationships, right? Uh, you're just like, man, I don't know how I'm going to get to where Lulu is right now, okay? Like, Lulu got engaged. I want to be engaged. I don't know how to get there. Right? Some of you are that way with job stuff where you're like, man, I really feel like God wants me to be at this thing, but I don't know how I'm going to get there. And some of you just in life and relationships, you're like, I'm so lonely. I'm so isolated. I don't know how I'm going to find the meaningful friends that I'm looking for. And there's a, a ton of other ways that I think in general, I hear from you guys all the time. Isaac and I, when we meet with y'all, we hear we're just kind of disoriented and disillusioned. How do we get to where God wants us to go? And the thing I think that Josh is going to bring up today, the thing that I think the author of Hebrews is going to bring up today, is uh, this precious value on focusing not only on the destination, but also focusing on the starting point. There is value in knowing where you are today. And so Josh is going to read from us from the book of Hebrews. If you have it, go ahead and open it up. Hebrews chapter 5. It will also be on the screens. Yes. All right. So we're going to read Hebrews 5. 11, and then 6, chapter 1. I mean, 6, verse 1. Chapter 6, verse 1. All right. So, um, about this, and I'm just going to read straight through, and then we'll talk about it after. About this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Chapter 6. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of, 
let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. That's awesome. Josh, I'm going to talk first. I'm going to make an observation. Do that. And then you're going to make an observation. So let me give you a little bit of background on Hebrews if you haven't read it recently. Hebrews, we don't know who the author is. Uh, It's this letter being written probably to some Jewish kind of Christians, maybe even in a diaspora situation, meaning they've been exiled. They're in a land that's not their own. Okay, anybody living in Orlando now kind of understand that? You live in a land that's not your own. There's a lot of us. I'm from Texas. That's the country I'm from. We moved here. Um, So so uh, the author of Hebrews is writing to a disoriented people group. And this is a group of people who've been Christians for some time. They have uh, some background, some experience in the church. And he's, he's basically saying a number of things here. But the big thing he's saying here is, by this point, you ought to be mature in your Christianity. You ought to be mature in your faith. And, and the first big idea I want you to, to wrestle with, maybe if you're a note taker, you take this down. It's this. It's that maturity is something that's possible for everyone. The assumption of the author of Hebrews is that maturity is possible for everyone. So just think about this. Think about this. I want you to imagine in your mind's eye what it would look like for you to be the ideal Christian saint living in the world. Like, what, what would your service opportunities be like? What would your community be like? What would your kind of, you know, deep relationships be like? What would your Bible knowledge be like? You know, when you pray for people, you might just feel electricity leaving your hands as you lay hands on them. Not that you shock them, but that, you you know, there's like some Holy Spirit stuff going on, right? Just imagine in your mind what it's going to look like. I think many of us in the room, as we, as we talk to y'all, I, I hear this often. You just go, man, Doug, I, I just don't know. It feels like I should be further along than I am right now, and I'm struggling in this area. And there's this, this kind of assumption that you don't say, but it's like an echo in your words where you think privately in the safe space, like, uh, maybe I'll always be struggling with this. Maybe I'll never be a mature Christian. Maybe this will just be something that marks the rest of my life. And I have good news I want to start with here today because there's a lot of challenge that's going on in this. So I want to make sure I start with this good news, and that's this. For the author of Hebrews and for the whole of the Bible, there's an assumption that if you are a Christ follower, maturity is your destiny, okay? For everybody who's in this room, the possibility of spiritual maturity, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It's somewhere on your timeline. When God saved you, when he brought you to faith in Christ, his desire for you is to bring you on to maturity, to that life where you're living completely satisfied in who Jesus is and completely content in what Jesus is going to do in your life. That's not a matter of if for y'all if you're in Christ. It's a matter of when. And so what the author of Hebrews is doing, he's assuming this, and he's going to talk about the win factor in a little bit. So let me just make sure I connect this dot here before Josh makes his observation. And here it is. The the thing about the mature Christian life is that it's intimately connected with maturity and all the other parts of your life. Meaning, if you think about all the mature Christians you know, you can typically find that their lives are associated with all these other things that you might want. Mature Christians typically have the kind of jobs they either want or the jobs they're content with. Mature Christians are the ones who kind of have become content with their career life and they're finding some measure of satisfaction in their jobs. Mature Christians typically have the kind of community that they really, really want. 
Because at the point of maturity, knowing God fully and being content who Jesus is has spilled over into their personal lives. Mature Christians typically have the romantic relationships that they're looking for. Now, some mature Christians we know married, divorced, and there's kind of that thing. But spiritual maturity is integrated with career maturity. It's deeply integrated with romantic maturity. Spiritual maturity is deeply integrated uh, with community maturity. It's, it's, it's deeply connected to personal kind of understanding maturity. And so the beauty of this idea of spiritual maturity, which is God's des- uh, destiny and design for your life, is the thing that comes with it is everything else you want. Right? And this is something, again, that's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when. The author of Hebrews says maturity is possible. Not only possible, it's the thing that's going to happen to everyone who keeps following Christ because that's what he's going to do. Yes. Josh, you're up next. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> I feel like that's so exciting. Like, it's just like maturity is possible for everyone, so we will all get there. Yep. Right? And um, so I'm reading the text, and just like what I observe is just the starting point is critical for reaching maturity, right? So not only is maturity possible, the starting point is critical for reaching maturity, right? It provides the orientation. It provides the pathway, right, when we know where we're starting from. Um, so, like, when I read through it, because, you know, I got my version. Y'all got, like, ESV, NSV, ISV. Um, but when, uh, when I read through it, so basically what I feel like he's saying is just like, yo, like, y'all are vegans, right? Y'all are vegans. Y'all, y'all not eating meat. Like, y'all are vegans. Y'all still on milk. Y'all got this VBS theology, Right? And it's just like, all y'all want is the milk, the milk, the milk, the twisty treat, milkshakes. Like, and it's, I feel like that's his interpretation of where he's trying to go. Just think of it this way. Like, you ever seen, you're at Thanksgiving, right? Perfect. We were at Thanksgiving. And you ever seen an adult or somebody sitting at the, thanks, at the kid's table? And you're just like, but, but, but what you doing over there? <laughs> like, why are you, like, why, like, you should be here. Like, why are you not? Case in point, even better. Back home, it's just like football is kind of a thing. So, you know, the younger players play. So, like, you ever seen, you ever go to, like, a football game where it's just, like, all eight-year-olds, and then there's, like, that one eight-year-old that's, like, 300 pounds? And it's just like, bro, come on. (laughs) Put them with the older kids. You know what I mean? So it's just like that's the visual, that's the vision that I see. Um, when, I, when I think through this and I read through this, and have you ever, have you ever, if anybody in this room, have you ever felt like spiritually you're sitting at the kiddie table and don't know how to get to the adult table, right? I've seen that in my life. Um, so as of recent, a little while ago, I started doing counseling, right? Some of y'all are like, counseling? Whoa, he crazy. Mm-mm. <laughs> Good type of counseling. Yeah. Shout out counseling. Hey, the strongest people in our fellowship go to counseling. This side Plug. too. Yeah. See, I was a little weak. I'll make sure y'all are awake. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I started doing counseling and everything. And I think the best thing that's come from that thus far is like this awareness that I've gained. Like, forget about the conversation that we have inside. Like, it's funny because I didn't go into it with any type of expectation or anything like that. I'm just like, I just like to talk. So I'm just like, oh, this is perfect. You know what I mean? Um, so it's just like, I, the conversations we have inside have, have made me aware of things outside of life. And this awareness, like this starting awareness, is like the awareness of where I am now. It's like giving me clarity as a starting point for where I'm trying to go. You know what I mean? Like I have, I'm so focused on this vision of who I want to be. I want to walk in good works. But like, no, Josh, like right now you need to focus on your attitude. 
Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like having that as a, uh, as a vision, as a goal. Can I say a little more on that? Go and ahead. I want you to give us a big idea. Go so, ahead. Go ahead. Um, again, where I think Josh is, is going in this, and thing I want you guys to miss in the second observation is um, uh, you got to have two points in order to have a line. You just know this, right? You draw one point, you draw a second point, and you, there's a line between the two. When I hang out with most of y'all, again, many of y'all, and we talk, I, I hear more often than not this, oh, man, this is where I want to be. These are my dreams. This is where I want to go in life. This is what God has for me. And everything is very future-oriented. Everything is very future-oriented. I want to sit at the big kid table. I want to sit at the big kid table. I want to sit at the big kid table. One day I'm going to sit at the big kid table. In relationships, I'm a big kid relationship. In career, I'm a big kid career. In my community, I'm a big kid community. My thing is going to be big kid. And that's great, but that's one orientation point. The author of Hebrews says this, hey, you all, you all should be sitting at the big kid table. But he doesn't stop there and go, follow your dreams. If you'll just focus on it, it'll come to you. Have a good life. Be blessed. No, he declares and defines where you are. Hey, y'all should be at the big kid table eating meat. But let's be real honest about where you are now. You're at the little kid table, and that's okay because you're children of God. And so you're at the little kid table of the children of God, but you're at the little kid table. And you got to know both of those points in order to see the pathway happen. Part of the frustration I think a lot of people have here is that they're all focused on the big kid table, which is God's destiny for you, without properly understanding the other orientation point. And that leads us to our big idea. What's that, Josh? Start telling yourself the truth. No, I'm sorry, the big idea. Sorry. Oh, oh the yeah. big idea. Yeah, sorry, Woo! my bad. Bring that back. So our big idea, which is many of us are not getting where we want to go because we don't know where we're starting. Many of us can't get to the big kid table because we don't first recognize before God that we're at the little kid table, and that's okay. But knowing the little kid table is going to give us the steps between here and there. Okay? And so if that's true, if the big idea is true here that, hey, man, we should all be mature, but the reality is a lot of us are very immature in what we're doing, and that's okay, then what do we need to do? What does that pathway look like between the little kid table and the big kid table? And Josh, what's the first step towards that? You see, I was so excited for that point. I'm just ready to apply. You're doing apply. a great job. You're doing a great job. What right. am I supposed to say? Me- meow? What am I supposed to say? Uh, what, what are you supposed to say? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You threw me off. Yes. Emoji. There we go. I'm old. I'm an old person. Yes. All right. So application point number one. What's that first step between the low kid table and the big kid table in Christianity? The first step is going to be start telling yourself the truth about God. Right? And I want to focus on one particular truth. So, like I said, parents are Haitian. So, I grew up. And I, from the time I was about sixth grade or so, like I never missed a day of school, ever, 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 right? I'd be sick. My mom would send me to school and said, if you're really sick, they're going to send you back home. (laughs) You know how that went. So in sixth grade, they actually sent me home, but one for being sick. I had managed to get myself with a few of my friends suspended. Right? For being a distraction in class. We're going to leave it at that. (laughs) And um, so you can imagine me. I am terrified. Like, I am terrified. I'm just like, my mom is about to tear me up. Like, so, like, I I, I even remember, like, the assistant principal just feeling bad for me as I walked out of the office because she could see it in my eyes. Like, I was done. Like, I was done. (laughs) 
Like, she knew. Like, so finally, whatever, I'm just like, my mom's not going to show me no mercy, no grace. Like, she's just going to tear me up. So I'm walking home. I finally get home. And, like, I just waited around, like, the downstairs area because we got home, like, at 2.30. My mom came home at 3. I better not have hot hidden from her because it would have been even worse. So you just go straight to it, right? So I'm there just waiting, waiting, waiting. And um, I'm trying not to smile too much. And my mom <laughs> comes home from work and her arms in a sling, right? So she had managed to get herself hurt or whatever the case may be. And I'm trying not to smile while I, while I was there. I was say, well, you know, <laughs> I mean, you need help coming in? Like, you need help. But in that moment, you can only imagine, like, the relief, the, <sighs> right? The, the, the mercy I was shown, not because she wanted to, but because it was that predicament. And I feel like sometimes the way I view my mom in that moment, I feel like we sometimes view God like that, right? Oh my gosh, I made this mistake. I am not, like for those of us that are in Christ, right? I am not going to go to him because he's just waiting to pounce on me, right? That's, that's what we think. Like we forget Romans 8.1, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? We totally forget that point. So it's just like sometimes we, I feel like we are, um, it's tough for us to accept where we are because our reality looks so bleak, if you would, right? But understanding that God loves us and has already made provisions for us. Yep, that's good. So step one, start telling yourself the truth about God. Specifically, God loves you. He wants you to get at the big kid table, spiritually speaking here. Number two, start telling others the truth about you. So another step in this process between the little kid table and the big kid table of life is to not only start telling yourself truth about God, but it's to begin getting in the habit of telling people the truth about you. Okay, we live in Instagram culture. You guys are aware of that. I, anywhere I go, I see people, and the, it's not just that they're taking selfies. When I was in college, we took selfies, and this is the way a selfie worked. We were like, okay, where am I? Cool. Click. And that was it. We didn't review it. We didn't put a filter on it. We didn't, like, you know, sit around and go, was well, that the best thing? Let me check my hair. It was just a selfie. Today, when I go places, all I see is, like, people, like, can you move the camera rig two degrees over to the left over here? That looks good. Makeup. Makeup. Okay, here we go. Like, and they take it. And then, the, you, know, you guys know this, they take it, and then if you go back and you look at their Instagram post, it's like, just got out of the shower, right? And you're like, there's no way you just got out of the shower. There's literally a lighting rig, like right across the street from you. No one takes a shower with a lighting rig. That's a health hazard, right? Uh, but that's how we are. Anything that happens, we post on Instagram, we, we curate our lives publicly. Uh, that's the way that we understand that we live our lives as human beings, Right? And so we shouldn't be surprised that in our interactions with everybody else, when someone asks you, hey, how are you doing? In almost any language, the answer is always the same. I'm good, right? In Espanol, como se dice, or como esta? Bien, I'm good. It doesn't matter if your, your day is terrible, right? You're just like, yeah, I'm good. I don't want to burden you with my life. I'm really good. When people say, oh, how's school going? You're like, oh, it's really good. How's work going? It's amazing. Even if we hate our jobs, right? We're like, oh, my boss is the best, even though we hate our boss, right? We lie all the time about who we are to other people because we're afraid of the perception issue or whatever. And so one of the important skills, one of the important steps of growing in your contentment of where you are spiritually is to learn to begin telling people the truth about who you are. 
Now, I'm not giving you this as an excuse to just be impulsive and compulsive around other people. Because we've also had the other bad experience. You guys know what I'm talking about. Where someone's like, how are you? And you're like, I'm just having the worst day in the world. Can I sit and talk to you about it for 20 minutes? And the person was like, I'm so sorry. I was trying to be uh, nice. Like, I actually really don't want to listen to this. And I have to go to the next thing. And then you feel hurt because you were honest with somebody, right? So there's obviously a balance in this. So here's the addendum. Start telling safe people, okay, the truth about yourself, okay? Unsafe people, it's your call, right? (laughs) Uh, You're grown people, do what you want. But learn to cultivate these safe relationships. Hey, I think I trust you, and you just ask me how I'm doing. And because you're a safe person, I'm going to risk it and be vulnerable here and open up around you. And if you burn me on this, you're dead to me forever, right? That's the Christian motto, okay? But no, in in all seriousness, if you have those safe people around you, people in your community, people that you trust, people who've shared and been vulnerable with you, it's a really good habit to declare where you are right now, to be aware of where you are right now, and to get in that habit. Mature people who sit at the table, the big kid table, I'm sorry, the, the adult table, Mature people, it's not that they um, have suddenly just become perfect at everything. It's that they've become increasingly comfortable being vulnerable with the safe people around them at all times. Such so that there's no difference between their public persona and their private persona. If you go follow mature Christians, most mature Christians on social media, they have terrible social media profiles. Because, again, it's just like, hey, I took a picture of the back of my hand. Like, cool, right? Because there's the same, like, whatever is public is private. It's the same. They're increasingly comfortable. They know where they are. Okay, rant over. Uh, uh, Number three, step number three. What you got, Josh? Ah, That's so good. That's so good. I'm so, like, this, this message is such a burden to me on my heart because I think it's so practical and it can really change lives. Like, like, yes. Number three, start telling yourself the truth about you. I'll say that one more time. Start telling yourself the truth about you. So let me tell you a story about myself. Yes. Meow. So, <laughs> so. That pastor is awkward. <laughs> back in high school, um, I used to play football, right? I was out there shaking and moving, you know? Highlight reel. That was me. It's like, nah, look at my frame. I'm skinny. I should have no business playing football. Like, I, for some reason, when I get into things, I get tunnel vision, and I'm just like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to the NFL. This is it. And it just like, it's just not that, right? And it's, it, it took me a while to finally realize, like, okay, honestly, I think it was the cold. I'm not even going to lie to you. Like, people were playing outside. It's freezing cold. Everybody hitting each other. I'm just like, I'm not. Like, I'm good. Like, I don't love it this much. Like, you know what I mean? So it's just like, I, I got to the point where I just started asking myself, okay, why? Why are you doing this? Why? Like, why, honestly, are you doing this? And it was just like, you know what? Honestly, I'm doing this because I want to be around my friends. And um, I was just like, okay, cool, cool, cool. That's good. That's good. That's good. You don't need to do that to be around your friends. You can find other ways, right? Yep. So the moment I actually, that was like a big thing for me, though. Like, that was like a big thing for me. It, it may sound small, but like, it was just like, it was a big thing for me. So the moment I did that, it winded up opening up a door to where it's just like, okay, so that football season, I didn't work. And I just, I, I didn't play football, but I started working like part-time. This is like senior year. And um, I had ran into someone, uh, one, of, one of my good friends that I knew from like birth, but I hadn't seen him in like years. Like, 
talking years. It was like five years. I was like 16. Um, but uh, yes, the, and then that opened another door to where it's just like I started doing music. And next thing you know, it's eight years later, and I'm 300,000 streams in, and I'm 148 songs in. And basically what I'm trying to say is just like when you start telling yourself the truth, you, you give room for where you need to be, right? So it's just like when you start accepting like, like <sighs> Olivia, you are loving and funny. There's not an Olivia in here that I'm talking to. I'm talking in general. Olivia, you are loving and funny, but you're bitter and resentful. Like you need to address that. And it's like that, and, and you'll be able to start walking through that. Like, Sean, yes, you're smart and witty, Sean. You're great, but you hate engineering. Like, so it's just like, y'all laughing a little bit too hard, so some of y'all don't like your job. Um, but nonetheless, so it's just like, but, but we need to start accepting those truths and telling ourselves those truths. Okay, so just to review here, there are two tables in life that the author of Hebrews sets up here. I love the metaphor, Josh. You got the little kid table that a lot of us need to be more honest about that we're sitting at. We're not where we should be, but we know where we are, and that gives us orientation point number one. All of us have these dreams way over here at the big kid table. This is where, or I'm sorry, the adult table. This is where we want to be, okay? That's great. These are the dreams in our life. And the, the pathway between that, that's the pathway called discipleship. It's called sanctification. It's the process of us moving on in spiritual maturity. And the beautiful thing about the way God set all this up is as we move towards spiritual maturity, it has a, a way of spilling over into every area of our lives. We grow up in all things when we grow up in Christ and the steps for how we're going to move from this side to this side is this. We're going to, number one, uh, tell ourselves. Sorry, I don't have the things there. It's, that's your point. Start telling yourself the truth about God. That's the first point. Start telling, your, start telling others the truth about you. And start telling yourself the truth about you. That's awesome. Josh, you got a closing story for us? Because that's how messages end. You tell a closing story that has an emotional appeal, and it ties it all together. Oh, that's how I do it? Let me yeah, that's how to do it. Me, yeah, you got that me, real quick? I, okay, I, good. All right, we got one. Okay. All right. So anybody like doing puzzles? Anybody show of hands? Puzzles, Puzzle fans? Puzzles, puzzles. Okay. Right. I commend y'all. I hate them. Um, <laughs> but but uh, I'm just not, I'm just, it's just my mind too much, too much time. Um, but nonetheless, I think the way that this kind of ties together for me is like, it's like a puzzle. So like when you start telling yourself the truth about you, you become aware of the puzzle pieces, right? Good, bad, and different, like you have all of these puzzle pieces, you just start becoming aware of them, right? And then when you start telling others the truth about you, these pieces start to come together, right? So it's just like now you start to see these pieces come together. Then when you start telling yourself the truth about God, you realize that the whole time God was just waiting for you to acknowledge who you were so he can show you who he is, right? God's love. Right? So through all of those puzzles, those things that we don't want to accept about ourselves, that God already accepted us for, it's just like he's waiting for you to connect that so you can see the clear picture of like, wow, like despite all of this, you still love me. But the more you wait to accept those things about yourself, you're just denying yourself a clear picture of God. Amen. Hey, this is Josh's first message. Can we give him a round of applause? Let's try and bring in his gift. We give Thanks, Doug Josh. A round of applause. Hey, I just want to read this as the band's going to come up on stage and get ready to lead us in a response song. I just want to read this passage again from, from Hebrews 6, uh, 1. 
And this is the charge, I think, that the author gives to us. In light of all this, in light of the two tables, in light of where we want to be and where we are, in light of this, these habits we can learn about speaking the truth about ourselves before others and to, to ourselves about who God is and what he thinks of us, this is what I think the implication is for all of us. Therefore, in light of all this, let us all leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. I don't know where you guys are here today, but my prayer for you and Isaac's prayer and Josh's prayer and all our hosts' prayer for everybody here is that we would all make our way from the little kid table to the adult table in life, whatever that looks like. That God would move us on to maturity. And the good news about all of this is he's promised us that's what he's going to do. So when we pray of this, we're just praying in the spirit for what God has already promised us he's going to do. It's powerful. It's amazing. May God do all of that. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to sing a song to respond here. Jesus, thank you for this message. Thanks for the author of Hebrews, whoever it is, guy, girl, whoever wrote that. Just shout out to them for writing this awesome letter. Thank you for the the strong challenge that Josh brought us, that it's possible some of the disorientation we experience is because while we're too overly focused on our dreams, We're not focused enough on where we are right now. May you increase in us our awareness of who we are, where our strengths and weaknesses are, what our passions, what our abilities, what our context is, what our giftings are. And would you let that shape us towards maturity, towards comfort with telling the truth about who we are and towards all the good things that you want to bring us in life, Lord. And would you do this for your glory and for our good, for the good of the city that we love, the city that we want to reach, the city of Orlando. It's in your name we pray. Amen.